Hello everyone, Mike Cleveland here, my wife Jody with me, and we have friends with us today. We have Joss Gordon from Australia. Hi Joss. Hello Mike, good to see you. <laughs> and we have Kelly Dorsey from Nashville, Tennessee. Hello, hello. <laughs> good to be here. And we're excited to do this podcast on New Covenant Living. Um, who would like to define, real quick, what the Old Covenant was. Anybody here would like a, a stab at that? What was the Old Covenant? Well, um, I would say it was a covenant or agreement um, where we are made right and brought into fellowship with God based upon our works, our um, natural, what I call natural resources, mm. apart from the Spirit to keep the law and to earn our way and work and strive our way into God's good graces. Um, it was what I would say a covenant that was um, doomed to fail because <laughs> right. um, it was nothing we could ever really perfectly attain to and that's what it required, perfection. That's a good description, very good description. Uh, so we've we've examined that the old covenant um, was was actually, if you think about it, successful in the sense of showing us that we couldn't keep it, right, right, <laughs> which right. is what you described as doomed to fail. Um, and so Romans eight three tells us that it was not the law itself that the problem was; it was our weak flesh right. and inability to keep it. So Damn. we're going to look at Second Corinthians chapter three, which is a contrast between the old covenant and the new covenant. And so we're going to just start at verse four and let's work our way through that. Um, Jody, you want to read uh, a couple of verses and let's read down from verses 4 through 6. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. So right away we're seeing some contrasts, aren't we? Yeah. Some contrast between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Um, one of the, the first initial things that's really important to understand is that our qualification comes from God. So under the New Covenant, God and Christ with his pierced hands will anoint someone for ministry. Under the Old Covenant law, it was by birthright, it was by succession, it was by man's approval of man, and so forth. So we see this great difference here already that our qualification comes from God now. So we don't look to man for his approval, we look to the Lord for his enabling right. and qualification. Right. What other contrast do you guys see there as you look at what, what Jody read? Well, I see um, two right there in verse four and verse five. Um, and in verse four, it says, such is the confidence that we have through Christ. So when I mm -hmm. see that, 
that first tells me that our confidence is no longer required to be in ourselves. Amen. Whereas under the old covenant, you had to mm-hmm. trust and depend mm-hmm. on yourself. But now with the new covenant, we can abandon self and put our confidence in God. So I see that first contrast in verse mm-hmm. four. When I look at verse five, um, I see a little bit of the same thing. Um, it says where our sufficiency is in ourselves to claim anything. Um, not that we are sufficient ourselves to claim anything that's coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. So I see where the old covenant could create pride, mm-hmm. um, whereas the new covenant humbles us um, and where we have to rely on God and mm-hmm. abandon that um, self-pride and self-hope. Yes. So I saw those two contrasts immediately right up front. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. very insightful. Anybody else? You see in verse 6 there, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So um, the old covenant was based on obedience, wasn't it? Um, so the wages of sin was death. And um, so it was a, a very hard trial for them to to work th- day by day, trying to make themselves worthy for God through, um, through the efforts, through the continual sacrifices they had to do to... Um, to fulfill the law, the letter of the law. But the new covenant is based on the Spirit in, in, our, in our hearts, uh, the blood of Christ and sealed by the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and so that contrast is like light and day, isn't it? Yes, mm. it's, it's, it's death to life. It's yeah. the letter of the law versus the Spirit and His power. Uh, so we've got these really stark contrasts being presented already um, under the, the written law they must measure up and it was a heavy burden because not one infraction of the law would be tolerated the justice of god is inflexible it's demanding it requires perfection you must measure up so you would always go around with a sense of falling short with a continual sense of not measuring up Uh, Because you saw the perfection required and demanded by the law, and you saw that you kept falling short. It might be in your heart to do what's right, but we we were unable to carry it out. Uh, That was life under the law. Um, Are there there still... um, Is there still life under the law today? I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to ask, but um, is is there is it possible to think that you're under the law today, so that you're living and acting like they were back when they were under the law? Well, people certainly do do that. I mean, people. Uh, I'm sure. I know. I know. I was one who did that. I definitely saw myself on that uh, performance path of. Um, if I'm good, if I do the right things, if I say the right things, if I read my Bible and pray the appropriate amount, and that fluctuated. Um, but if I did these things, then God would be happy with me, and I would be accepted. But if I slacked, if I didn't wake up early and have my devotions, and instead had breakfast first, uh, God was less happy with me that day mm-hmm. um, right. because I didn't, I didn't rise to the occasion. I didn't put Him first. I, I fed my stomach first. What was I thinking? Mm-hmm. Okay, do you know what I mean? And so, yes, absolutely. And I think the other aspect of that um, is the 
or the other contrast when when Joss and Kelly were talking, the contrast that comes to my mind is internal versus external. Um, because mm -hmm. when I was in the performance-driven path uh, or the performance-driven way of relating to God, I was very focused on my externals. Mm -hmm. My heart could have been cold, stone, dead, but you know, and not engaged at all. But I was reading my Bible mm -hmm. and I was praying the prayers and I was doing the things and going mm -hmm. to church and going to Bible study and doing all those external actions and singing and you know all the things you do at church right yeah. and and my heart was not engaged and mm -hmm. that showed up when i got pushed in mm -hmm. a way that revealed my flesh mm -hmm. right so you know i got upset with you you know about something i didn't i was unhappy about something or one of the children did something that upset me and then you'd see the real me mm -hmm. show up and that's heartbreaking to me now mm. as I look back on it is is very saddening but the good news is that God didn't leave me there in right. that performance driven way right. praise God right yeah you, you, you brought up a good point in the performance driven faith because if you go back to our very first parents they were given a law they were given a covenant which was they could eat from any tree of the garden except one and if they would eat of that one tree, they would die. They could not keep that agreement. They failed and disobeyed and ate of that tree. And what happened? Well, the consequences came. They had to be removed from the Garden of Eden. But God put to death a substitute in their place. And so they lived by being covered by this substitute. But you see right there again the difference between the, the letter that kills and the spirit that gives life. Oh, yes. um, and, and so right in the Garden of Eden, in seed form, you have these two covenants right. yes. revealed. Right. One of them gives death. Why? Because we can't measure up. And so the wages of sin, as Josh said, is death. And uh, we must um, receive those wages. God pays them out fairly. Uh, never um, leaving somebody without the wages that they are due, uh, unless someone else received those wages, which God allows in his uh, governmental system. He allows a substitute to receive the wages that are due to us. Right. And that substitute is Jesus. And when he came and died, and he rose from the dead, the next thing in this experience of God's kingdom coming is that he gave his spirit and so when he gave the law on Mount Sinai shortly thereafter 3,000 people died because they were idolatrous worshiping the golden calf and uh, they died in the giving of God's spirit uh, when he came at Pentecost 3,000 people were given life and were added to the church. Right. So yes. it's this illustration of the difference between death and life. Yes. Death under the old, life under the new. It's interesting, you guys, if you think about any family, any church um, that tries to put its family members, its church members under the law. Right. Uh, as, as a means of trying to curtail their behavior. That law is such a heavy weight mm. that sin comes out the side. Right. Sin 
is the natural result of focusing on the law. And you're just going to keep playing whack-a-mole. I mean, with it, whack us in, you know, because you're going to hit one down and 15 more are going to pop up. It's just a, that is a dead-end street. Yeah. Whack-a-mole. It's almost like a, a um, inadvertently way of giving your congregation permission to sin. Mm. Because you land that law down, I mean, you're not going to question, you're not going to say that. Mm. But you just invite that mm-hmm. when you lay the law down on them and hope that... Mm. You know, this this stone is going to press down mm. sin, mm. you know, and it just, it doesn't. Wishes it just, out the side. Yeah. Yep. It reminds me of that guy that used to stay in a hotel and he'd go there every other month for his business. And one time he went and there's all these people fishing off the back deck and he's wondering what are there, did they just stock the lake or what? And then he saw a sign that he'd never seen before. It said, no fishing. Mm-hmm. Right? right? And, and that's what stirred up, oh, yeah. no fishing. Oh, I could fish right here. So that's the purpose, actually, of the law, to stir up sin and to bring death. Um, and so from that standpoint, it was successful. So then we, we continue on here. Let's look at um, you know the next couple of verses here. And, and Josh, do you want to read, uh, read verses... Uh, Seven and eight? No problems. Now, if the ministry of death, carved in letters on stone, came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought up to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? Mm. Mm-hmm. So when it talks about Laws etched in stone. What's that a reference to? Yeah, the tablets of Moses, isn't it? The Ten Commandments. So. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. So now we have defined the Old Covenant. It was the Ten Commandments given on Mount Sinai that led to death. It came with glory as all the angels were there and Moses was uh, given the law directly by God and he gave it to the people, all this glory so that you couldn't even look at Moses' face. It was so bright. Mm. Um, But what does it say here about this brightness, this glory on Moses' face? In verse 7. Well, we know it faded. Does it say that? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was fading away. That's a metaphor. That's an illustration Mm -hmm. of the Old Covenant itself. Right? That this was a temporary Mm -hmm. covenant. That's very important. If you look in Galatians chapter 3 and 4, you see that this old covenant was added because of transgressions Mm -hmm. until the seed would come to whom he would fulfill it. So it was added until. So it was a temporary uh, covenant that was given to increase sin, to bring death, to put people under guilt, and that they might long for a way out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Jesus. and so here it was, this glory fading away in Moses' face, uh, indicating the temporary nature of that covenant. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what should we expect under the new covenant, according to verse 8? Well, um, it says um, an increase in glory. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it's a covenant that won't fade away. Uh, it gets brighter. Mm-hmm. It gets brighter. It gets Ooh. better. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
it gets more glorious, especially as you as you're beholding the Lamb, you know, mm-hmm. as you're beholding um, Jesus and you know what He suffered and what He went through to bring in that new covenant. Mm-hmm. And the more you're beholding that with the eyes of your heart, you know, it just becomes so much more glorious. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a very good way to say that. Um, verse, verses 9 and 10 talk about what the old way or the old covenant brings. Uh, and so what do you see there as, as part and parcel of the old covenant? Immediately it jumps out the condemnation, doesn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The weight and burden that people carry in, in their hearts, not being able to meet the mark, not be able to make the measure and always feeling not enough. Right. Such a, a, a horrible way to live, isn't it? Yes, mm. being, knowing you're condemned. Mm-hmm. Um, it brought the, the, mes- the ministry of condemnation. Now, it's interesting, it calls it a ministry of condemnation. Right. Yeah. Because right. condemnation actually ministers to us by pointing us away from somewhere to find help to get rid of this condemnation and guilt. Right. Half of me, mm. uh, and 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 so we're looking at the ministry of condemnation. So we don't denigrate the law, right? It's a ministry. Yeah, yeah. it was perfect and holy. Right. It just couldn't make us perfect and holy. Right. Mm. It's like Job said: if only there were a mediator, yeah. if only there were someone to put a hand on me. You know, and that was when he was in his darkest place, right? You know, he's been devastated. And uh, by his all the different trials that came to him, mm-hmm. and he just wanted someone to mediate, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's the more glorious, right? That's mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's the someone, and yeah. that's what that condemnation, all that condemnation, all that that his friends were heaping on him. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. sin have you done to deserve all these bad things, right? Mm-hmm. And Job cries out, and God answers with Jesus mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's what the, this ministry of condemnation does for all of us yeah. mm-hmm. is it makes us cry out for that mediator yeah. mm-hmm. that one to save us yeah thank you Jesus oh. amen yeah Job said that that mediator he said to to remove God's rod from me yeah. right and, and so he was crying out for somebody to come along and take God's hand of discipline punishment off of him and sure enough, here came Jesus, and the, the rod of punishment was laid on him. Oh, yes. and, and in so doing, Jesus touched God and touched us and brought us together. And now there's no rod of punishment or discipline on us at all. Right. Because it was all taken away at Calvary. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, verse um, 10 says, uh, in fact, that first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way or the new covenant. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Huge contrast here in glory. Um, Well, you know, the old covenant, the ministry of condemnation, did not bring about transformation, right? It did not change anybody's heart. Mm -hmm. Um, But the ministry of righteousness that's mentioned there in verse 9, the ministry of righteousness, the new covenant that Jesus instituted with his death on the cross and his resurrection, that ministry does change our heart. It takes a dead heart and makes it alive. Mm-hmm. It brings life and hope and uh, everything changes when we 
um, embrace the new covenant and we look to Jesus as our righteousness and we wear those robes, it's like they're magic. Mm -hmm. They change us. Yeah. We yeah. cannot stay the same. And we didn't want to anyway, right? Yeah. So, yeah. You know, the whole world is um, basing its attempt at transformation based on condemnation. Right. You know? Shame. Right? Mm -hmm. um, and it just never works because condemnation is a heavy weight. And it's like tying a big cement block around somebody and saying, now try to run. You couldn't do it before you stumbled. So here's a big heavy weight for you. Now do your best. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that just is it's not... It's not working. It doesn't work. Um, I think about this. It just—it's just grabbing me. I guess I just noticed it mm. for the first time when it says ministry of condemnation, mm. then ministry of righteousness. Yes. You know, my mind think of something that's ongoing when you're under the law and the, under um, the old covenant. You're just constantly, constantly being reminded that you're not enough, that mm. you're in need. Mm. You know that you're, you know that you're. Um, that you're dead, you yes. know. It, it, it's it's <laughs> right. constantly mm -hmm. ministering this message to you. <laughs> Sad, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but when you then when Christ comes and he um, he becomes condemned in our place for us, oh. and mm -hmm. um, he you know his heart breaks mm -hmm. um, and his his body is is bruised and battered and abused as he's be, as he became our sin right. um, and he gives us his righteousness yes. you know now we got this ministry of righteousness that's continuing to Amen. minister to our heart that <laughs> you know you're new you're forgiving you're accepting it's just an ongoing yes. ministry that's going on and on that's yes. exactly yeah. right in fact how long does this new covenant last according to verse 11 it's permanent, right? Woohoo! Forever. It remains forever. Yeah. I like it. Right? So now we'll have this ministry of acceptance, this ministry of righteousness, this ministry of life, of the Spirit. Yes. Yeah. On and on, on daily, as much as we need. Yeah. It's, uh, this ministry will continue on in our lives. Yeah. Uh, you guys, we're going to bring this to a close. We only got to verse 11. So uh, we will pick this up again next time. Um, let's just summarize the, the difference between the two that we've seen so far. All right, maybe each one of us can pick one thing about the difference between the Old and New Covenant. Want to start with Jody? Um, the letter kills and the spirit gives life. I'm okay, go with that one. excellent. <laughs> Joss? One brings condemnation, one brings righteousness. Excellent. Mm -hmm. um, one is temporary, one is permanent. I excellent. like it. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Thank you guys, and we'll talk again. <laughs>